0: Hello everyone, thank you for joining me on this new episode of Thinking Out Loud. This is Jeho and today we're talking about why victims of domestic violence and bullying sometimes don't even realize the gravity of their situations. This analysis about domestic violence and bullying victims' ignorance of the situation will be done using the lessons we can learn from the Stockholm Syndrome. Most people don't know what the Stockholm Syndrome is, so before we get into the topic any further, we must define what it is so you can follow along. Stockholm Syndrome is defined by Britannica as a psychological response where a captive or hostage begins to identify closely with his or her captors, as well as with their agenda and demands. Psychologists who have studied the syndrome believe that the bond is initially created when when a captor threatens the captive's life, then deliberates upon the threat, and then chooses not to kill the captive. The captive's relief at the removal of the death threat is transposed into feelings of gratitude toward the captor for giving him or her life. In layman terms, this would be something like this. The captor makes a statement that they're going to kill the captive. The statement can be true or false, it doesn't matter, uh, and I'll explain why later. Then they go on and make the captive believe the statement and make them believe that they are about to die at the hands of the captors. Then the captors go ahead and not kill the captive. Whether this was their plan all along, or just chose to spare the life out of goodness of their hearts, we don't know, and quite frankly we don't care, because the intended result will always be achieved. That's why it doesn't matter if the statement was true or false. right? Because in the minds of the victim, they believe it wholeheartedly, they think that it's true. So when the life is spared, the captive starts to feel gratitude towards the captor for sparing their life. At this point, the demon starts to become more human in the eyes of the victim and then the whole ordeal of the captive standing up for the captor happens. We've seen this many times where victims helped the captor because they were identifying with the captors after being held hostage and being put through the push and pull regiment. You might be wondering, well that's all well and good and thank you for telling us that, but what the hell does that have to do with domestic violence and bullying? All the three things mentioned so far in this episode are seemingly miles apart and none of them have anything to do with each other. None of them are alike, at least on the surface. And you would be right as these topics are very nuanced and there are a whole bunch of factors that go into each of these three things. But today we're looking at the factors which are common between these three things. The factors which dictate the actions of the victims in each of these cases. So what is the common behavioral factor in these topics? It's the gratitude felt towards the demon victimizing an individual. This is what causes the individual to not realize how disgusting their situation is. In bullying it would be the bully at school and in domestic violence it would be the abuser at home. Those are the demons we're talking about. Let's start with bullying because it's the easiest to talk about and it actually lays the tracks that you can follow to come to the domestic violence example on your own. Contrary to what Hollywood shows, bullying isn't a constant 24-7 shit show for the victim. More often than not, it's more of a push and pull scenario. If it was constant bullying, the victim would eventually break down to the point where they react violently against the bully or in an unexpected manner, and that does happen. But the more common type is the victim sometimes feeling bad, but not classifying it as bullying because they don't always feel bad sometimes. They feel good. And of course constant bullying happens and it's terrible, but it is rarer than the push and pull bullying where the victim doesn't even realize that they're being bullied. Which makes it, in my opinion, that much more dangerous because it dictates the social behavior of the victim for the rest of their lives and in turn is deteriorating the society by creating these nasty individuals. In push and pull bullying, the victim is bullied and then the bully turns his focus on someone else. So, this would lead some to think that it is a conscious effort on part of the bully. But no one is smart enough to be doing that consciously in middle school and high school at least. They probably, the bullies, they probably just get bored and switch between targets. Or there could be some other cause. But the target switch does happen and it's unconscious. What happens when this target switch occurs is that the victim starts to feel sort of a camaraderie with the bully and sometimes will even go along in the bullying of others in an effort to prolong the target switch. This is the most common type of bullying that occurs in schools, especially in the United States. The victims are willing to put up with the bullying, which oftentimes is humiliation in front of others, because they value the quote-unquote good times they will experience when when the target switch happens, and they are on the giving end, alongside the bully, and someone else is on the receiving end. They perpetuate the cycle. They humanize the demon because the demon disguises itself as a faux friend during the target switch. And and the reason why I mentioned uh, this friendship is because a lot of times these these victims long for a friend, and that's why they're willing to. Put up with, with the terrible stuff that these bullies do because they they think of the bully as a friend because sometimes the bully is nice to them this is a more extreme form of toxic friendships and the reason i say that is because even in friendships the so-called friends are willing to put up with the toxicity and the meanness of a person for the good times they bring to the table because they value them more they value the short good times over the long terrible times Another thing I would like to mention here is that the cycle of bullying is perpetuated by this push and pull method. Why do you think no one stops the bully? Because a lot of times the group is huge and the victims get switched in and out and the bullies get switched in and out and the people who would criticize bullying don't even realize that there is bullying going on and that sometimes they're bullies themselves. In that case, if you take the original bully out of the situation, the cycle will still continue. The victims will put up with the heartache and misery for the two seconds of release they get when they are part of the group and someone else is the victim. That's how the group mentality dictates this behavior, right? Because when the group is doing it, you're not seeing it as something out of the ordinary. It becomes normalized. And then you partake in it as well, right? So you you get the goods and the bads, both of it. that's why no one really classifies it as bullying because they don't even realize the terrible stuff that's going on. If you're seeing this behavior around you, realize it's toxic and wrong. If you feel bad around some people because of the way they make you feel, but you're putting up with it for the two seconds of happiness you get when you aren't being targeted or when the person isn't in a bad mood, realize that this is not how it's supposed to be. You're being victimized. And you either need to break the cycle and become conscious of the fact that the group mentality is causing you to be blind to to the disgusting situation and stop it, or you can just go ahead and pull yourself out of the situation, if you can. Life is more than that. I think the bullying example could have given you the track to walk on and start forming some ideas of why domestic violence victims don't even realize that they're being victimized. So let's get into domestic violence now. Domestic violence doesn't always have to be physical to be considered bad or violent. It is more often than not mental and emotional abuse. We see the push and pull here as well. And here, it's actually conscious push and pull on the side of the abuser. The victim puts up with all the terrible things the demon does for for the two seconds of relief they get when, when the demon isn't terrible and is actually charismatic. Now you might be thinking that domestic violence victims not realizing the situation isn't supported by the target switch theory because there simply aren't enough people here, right? Usually domestic violence happens between two people, two intimate partners. And you would be right because the target switch only comes into play when the abuser doesn't know that they're going through domestic violence or bullying, aka school kids, right? They don't realize because the group is doing it. When the abuser knows what the hell is going on and how they're gonna control the situation, their push and pull is deliberate and therefore a target switch isn't required. It then becomes an on and off sort of thing. Abuser will abuse a person and when they see that the gratitude is fading away, they will do everything in their power to bring the person back their control. A classic example of this would be victims of physical violence, people who protect their partners in the eyes of the law even after they've been hurt pretty badly. Their partner will hurt them and then take care of them. So in the victim's mind, it becomes a story of, well, they're not really that bad. They probably just had reasons because they obviously care about me. They're going through all this trouble of taking care of me, so they obviously care about me, they love me. And there must have been something that ticked them off that put me in this situation. So they they start to think of themselves as, as the root cause of the problem. They come up for excuses on behalf of the abuser and keep themselves entangled in this nasty situation. Now by no means am I saying domestic violence is the victim's fault or that they can break out of the cycle whenever they want and get out of the situation because a lot of times the victim is dependent and can't actually get out of the situation. This explanation is only for those who don't realize that they are in a bad situation. The same goes with the bullying example. This is only for the people who don't realize that they're being victimized because of the gratitude and the good feelings they get from the situations, which apparently are strong enough to make them overlook the bad things, right? As I mentioned before, the small time of good is more important to them than the long, terrible time. A study of Stockholm Syndrome helps us look into why and how people don't realize sometimes that they're in a bad situation because when they are being victimized, they overlook the pain for the little bits of happiness. This can be seen as the the motherly nurturing of the victim by the charismatic abuser after they hurt them, mentally or physically. And this is seen as the inclusion of the victim in bullying of others and creating a limited time friendship by the bully, right? The victims of bullying go along with this fake friendship because they cherish the friendship more than they hate the humiliation. So if you see a person in a situation like that, help them. Help them see what is going on. Help them see why they are in this situation. Because they most likely don't see the gravity and the grossness of their situation. And it is up to you to make sure they do. It is up to you to make sure that the cycle is broken. It's up to you to make society a good place. Because, well, for selfish reasons. Because you are going to live in society as well. So you have to make sure that the other actors in society are relatively good people, quote unquote, good people, because the degree to which someone can be good is subjective and and good. The concept of good itself is subjective. But there there's little things that we can we can help which build society into something that is favorable to us. So that is it for today's episode. Um, It was a, a short one, relatively short one. I kept it as to the point as I could. And uh, I want you to mull it over, think about it, think of other examples so you can really internalize this concept. So you can realize the next time that you are being put in a position where you're the victim. Because a lot of times we are unconscious of the, of the bad stuff happening around us. So keep that in mind, keep this in mind, that you will not always know what the hell is going on around you. So you, it is up to you to be paying attention. That is it for today, and I just want to say thank you for listening. And please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. I'm your host, Yared, and I'll see you on another episode of Thinking Out Loud. Peace.